Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. Good morning, H-Town. Time to go to work. Good morning, Sports Radio 610. Appreciate you joining us in for Payne and Pendergast. Once again, I am Sean Bajani, and he is Brandon Scott. Ben Gary producing, as always. It is a Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. If you'd like to be a part of the show, 713-572-4610. You can call or text the trailer wheel and frame text line. Hit us up on Twitter as well, at Brandon K. Scott, at Sean Bajani. A phenomenal weekend in football, both in college and the NFL, B. Scott. And yesterday here around these parts, uh, I don't know how uh, some people felt, but I know how the majority felt uh, because we've seen what the majority really is Every single home game at NRG Stadium. And it was none different than the traveling Jacksonville Jaguar fans yesterday that occupied most of the seats at NRG as the Texans fell to Jacksonville 31-3. Worst margin of defeat since week six last season against the Colts. They finished the season with a winless record at home for the first time in franchise history at 0-7-1, owed to that week one tie to the Indianapolis Colts, and now it is down to the Houston Texans and Chicago Bears for the battle of the number one pick in the April 27th draft. The Texans did one thing yesterday correctly, and that is hold on to that hope of continuing to occupy that number one overall pick. They did do something else, though. They ensured that they will at least have a top two pick. On April 27th, yeah, Scott. That is the big thing right now because there is another week left to be played. As you mentioned, it is between the Chicago Bears and the Houston Texans in the battle for the number one overall pick. Yes. But at the very least, what you got on Sunday, on yesterday, was solidifying at least a top two pick. And I think that that's important and instructive, especially given the weekend that we had in college football the quarterback prospects that you watched in the bowl games and the college football playoff game. Um, obviously, a couple of the top defensive players also played in those games, yeah. possibly auditioning for the Chicago Bears or not auditioning for the Chicago Bears <laughs> who could trade the number one pick if they get it. Now, the Texans still have an opportunity to to, to do that. But, yeah, man, just, just what, what a weekend and a – like a dichotomy of weekends where you've got this exciting weekend of NFL football, okay, NFL action, 
trying to, to determine the playoff seeding and who's going to be relevant in the postseason, where everybody's going to be at. And then if you're a Texans fan, and if you're like us and you were at the Texans game and you were there for this experience, I said this last week when we were doing shows, one of the oddest, strangest, most awkward in-game experiences that you can anticipate. And it was definitely that. Like, I wondered this too, Sean, with the crowd at NRG, and we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later on, but with the crowd at NRG, part of the optimist in me, and you know, we're being in the media, mm-hmm. we're naturally inclined to be skeptical and to be pessimistic. But the optimist in me wondered how many people disengaged with this game decided not to go or not to pay attention because it was in their best interest to lose. Like there's that feeling of not wanting to root for your team to lose that being corny, that being whack and all this other kind of stuff. People don't like that. And I, I get that, but you also have to understand where you are as a franchise and what this moment actually means. It does you no good to win any either of these last two games. Obviously, they just lost the one to Jacksonville. I, I said last week to you mm-hmm. that you could make the argument that the only team that the Texans could beat or would beat by winning the game yeah, was themselves. Was themselves. 100%. And so if you're a fan of the team, I wonder how many people actually just disengaged with the entire product itself because either, either they're apathetic or they're not inclined to root against their team, knowing damn well that that was the best thing that could happen. For yeah, them. I, you know, look, Ultimate Warrior, Debbie the Texan, they're all down there and they're cheering and they're, you know, liquored up pregame <laughs> and, you know, after tailgating and all that good stuff. It's like, I get, you know, you still want to be a part of the experience and, uh, you know, you crave for the days, you long for the days where, again, it'll be exciting and there is a buzz in the air. And I can't a, wait. A vibe. And, and sure, and it will happen. It will happen. Yes. And I think if it doesn't happen, um, you know, in about nine more months when the first tailgate ensues or 10 months, whatever it is like, I, well, it's going to be less than that. What is this? Uh, <laughs> let me do eh, yeah. eh, it's about eight and a half, nine months, right? Yeah. Give um, or take. God, that sounds like a long time away. It I'll sure give you is. even better. How about four but, months or five months into the when the when the draft party comes? Because that that was the yeah. thing that I was looking forward to by the end of the game. I'm like, man, this is not. Like, this is not the scene. This is not an ideal NFL scene, especially if you're the home team. Like you like you mentioned, if you're a Jacksonville fan, maybe you feel good about how your fans traveled. But the Texans, like, that, that draft party, assuming that you haven't pushed the majority of your fan base or a good <laughs> section of your fan base into apathy, that draft party come April, come the end of April, should be lit. Uh, 100%, 100%. But I can't wait to see the product on the field and yeah. just everything, just like everybody else. You know, yeah. We were talking about uniforms, and obviously we're, we could be really excited here in about three weeks with yeah. changes of the coaching staff. What yeah. does that look like? Yeah. With the draft, what is that going to look like? Free agent acquisitions, the money, the amount, uh, the amount of money they have to spend this offseason, that's going to be exciting. We have to see what they're going to do there. Um, you know, with, with the outcome of these college football games, particularly – uh, with Bryce Young's final collegiate game ever as yep. he prepares to enter the draft. Um, he took care of business against Kansas State, did what he does, spun it, he ran it, he scored it five times, and they destroyed Kansas State as they should have um, in, in, in 45-20 to 20, um, on, on Saturday. Now, C.J. Stroud in Ohio State, that was the marquee game because we were looking forward to that one, C.J. Stroud in Ohio State, and you get Jalen Carter in Georgia. Yep. Um, it, you know what? What? What can C.J. Stroud do to create a question 
or improve the discussion around who the best quarterback is coming out of this draft. If yeah. there wasn't a question before, Brandon, I think there probably is more of one now. Um, and if there was a question for you, and I'm talking about you guys out there, 713-572-4610, our listeners, if there was already a question for you, did it change your mind at all between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud? I'm driving into the ball game yesterday. About to pull up to NRG, and I'm listening to Jonathan Wells, uh, former Texans running back, talk with uh, Sean Pendergast and Seth Payne on the pregame show on Texans Radio. And granted, he did say he's eliminating all bias. He is a graduate of the Ohio State University, Jonathan Wells is. Yeah. But did say that there is now no more question in his eyes who the number one overall pick should be in the next quarterback of your Houston Texans should be. Take a listen. I needed to see C.J. Stroud against Georgia mm-hmm. before I made a real assessment. I saw what I needed to see, that's all. How have you felt about him this year in total, or C- just in the, through the duration of his C.J. Stroud's been amazing. He gets yeah. a lot of unfair criticism. Listen, it's not his fault when the defense gives up five 50-yard-plus touchdowns. If he had the exact same stats against Michigan that he had and we won, he wins the Heisman running away. None of those other guys were even talked about leading up to that game. Mm-hmm. So he's been getting a lot of unfair criticism, but I think the kid's been phenomenal. He's a phenomenal young man, and we need him here in Houston, point blank, period. There you go. He said there's there was about five periods in that conversation yeah. yesterday, and it all yeah. it all succeeded. C.J. Stroud being the next quarterback of the Houston Texans. Sean, I heard the extra. There, there's a little extra buck I sauce on that. You, I know he's saying that he's objective. But <laughs> yes, you, I know. You can hear the clear extra buck I sauce on that. Well, but I, I'm I'm with him though in terms of that being perhaps your best way and best opportunity to evaluate C.J. Stroud. You and I talked about that leading up to the game on a football Friday, mentioning that preview in the game. Like this, going up against the Georgia defense, the closest thing to an NFL defense that you'll find in college football is probably the best way to evaluate C.J. Stroud. What it did for me, Sean, Mm -hmm. it did not change my mind, Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. I'm still all the way in on Bryce Young. What it did for me was to make me feel a little bit more comfortable uh-huh. with the possible disagreement that I might have with Texans management and what direction they decide to go in, or if by chance they don't solidify that number one pick and they end up having to pick second, that, hey, if Bryce Young is the guy for another team, that C.J. Stroud would be just fine at number two for the Texans. You couldn't like, have said it better. It made me feel a lot better about, especially after the Texans ended up losing on Sunday, about the possible outcomes if the Texans indeed go quarterback young or strike. I think you and I said the same thing last week when we were filling in for Locker and Lopez on In the Loop. We just wanted a decision to make. We wanted Stroud to play well enough if there was a question to solidify that, you know what, if the Texans aren't able to get Bryce Young, then you feel pretty damn good with C.J. Stroud. One more from Jonathan Wells from yesterday on his uh, conversation with Payne and Pendergast on the pregame show. Why he's not a fan of the wee man at quarterback. 
We get ourselves back in the playoffs. What are you going to do when we got to go to Buffalo and play in the snow? You want to go up there with a 5'11", 190-pound quarterback? Good luck with that. You skate along the ice more effortlessly. <laughs> no, sir. Like a, like a no, figure sir. skater. If he's not Drew Brees or that type of caliber, I'm not dealing with no six-foot quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> I need somebody 6'4", 6'3", 230 that got all the mechanics that you need. I'm not trying no six-foot quarterback. Please, if, Nick, uh, if you're listening, Nick, C.J. Stroud to the Texas, man, period. <laughs> there you go. They're spoken, spoken like a true dinosaur. <laughs> I don't need no six foot quarterback. Look, Jonathan, this is not the. This is not your NFL, man. And and he might be Drew Brees. He might be. He might be. I, he certainly looked like him. He certainly had the pinpoint accuracy of a Drew Brees and the anticipation yeah. on his throws like a Drew Brees in that uh, in that Kansas State game in that bowl, in that bowl game. On Saturday. I went back and watched both of those games yesterday, and I've I've got some. Uh, more comforting thoughts on Bryce Young particularly. And I'll share those with you on the other side. Also, the Texans' lack of pride called out by a veteran in the locker room after the game. That's next. He's Brandon Scott, Sean Bajani in for Payton and Pendergast. It's Sports Radio 610. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit Cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Monday on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. Three seconds left. They won't get to the line in time, and time expires as the Texans fall 31 3 to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who snap a nine game losing streak against the Houston Texans dating back to 2017. The Texans lose the game, their 13th defeat of the season. Yeah, I mean, just. Probably with that stat of beating someone nine times, you got to understand that you got to come out with a, a, a lot of energy for that just because they are probably going to be aware of that stat just like we were made aware of that stat. So it's, it's like 
having a fight with your little brother. You know, if you beat them nine times, you got to be ready for the tenth one because they're going to throw the whole kitchen sink at you. And they came out. They were playing with playoff energy. They were playing like a team who wanted to win, and we just couldn't match it for some reason. That was Texans veteran defensive end Jerry Hughes after the game yesterday. He is Brandon Scott, Sean Bajani in for Payne and Pendergast at Sports Radio 610. Good morning and welcome in on a Reaction Monday. So the Texans fall to the Jags 31-3. to You heard there on the final call, worst margin of defeat since week six last season against the Indianapolis Colts. They finished the year with a winless home record at 0-7-1. And what we learned yesterday, the most important thing, um, is it's down to the Texans and Bears for the battle of the number one pick in the April 27th draft. The worst the Texans can do is number two at this point in time, depending on the outcome of their game against the Fighting Jeff Saturdays next Sunday and the Bears uh, and Vikings contest. And yes, the Jags did snap the Texans' nine-game win streak against them dating back to the 2017 season. You just heard Jerry Hughes allude So the Texans may be taking the Jags for granted, taking a team that, you know, yes, could have very well slept walk through the game just as the Texans did yesterday and been just fine because they're playing a winner-go-home game against the Titans in Week 18. You know, taking a team for granted that you, as an organization, had beaten nine straight times, not from a team standpoint, There was no beating around the bush, though, from veteran defensive tackle Malik Collins, B. Scott, who flat out called the Texans' lack of pride out. As a team, we got to be more prideful than that. We got to put a cap on that. It should never be 31 to 3. That takes me back to my memories of like last year. You know, we've been been losing, but ain't nothing looked like that so far this year. So, I mean, um, we're coming with time in the season where, you know, you got to have pride. I know we're down to the last game, but. Before today, we was down to the last two. You got to be able to finish. You got to have uh, more pride in that, man. B. Scott, that was my biggest takeaway from being in the locker room yesterday. The message was consistent throughout. I taught, I treated yesterday after the game almost like exit interviews. I got to get everybody's reaction because I don't know when I'm going to be able to get them all again in this kind of setting. Right. Raw emotion after a game. They're on the road next week, so it's not going to be then. And by the time I get to them, they're going to be completely decompressed and looking forward to their Florida vacations and, you know, wherever the heck they're going. But as improved as this team appeared to be in recent weeks, when a vet calls the team's lack of pride out, when another vet alludes to the team not taking the other one seriously enough, taking them for granted, that's a problem. So as as much as as much improvement as you think you may have seen over the course of the last three weeks leading into that game against Jacksonville yesterday, against the Cowboys, against the Chiefs, against the Titans, you know, when you think like, hmm, yeah, you know what, maybe these guys aren't as bad as you think they are. Well, maybe some of them aren't. But when you can't get up for a game, when you play down to the level of the competition that you think they're coming into your house with, that's a problem. Yeah, I was... I was looking up wondering, because I couldn't remember, I know Malik Collins missed a few games, and we talked to Malik Collins last week before uh, before the game on last Thursday, but I was looking up to just to be sure that Malik Collins actually played in that Miami game, because they were down 30 to nothing at halftime, you know, which is, you know, 
I get I would say worse than thirty one to three. And I get I get what he's saying and I agree with him. But mm-hmm. I was just curious because he did miss a few games. I'm like, were were you playing in some of the yeah. worst of those games? Like he, he did miss the Tennessee game, which was embarrassing when mm-hmm. Derrick Henry ran all over him and they didn't have a quarterback. The the, the Titans, I mean. Mm-hmm. So he was he he missed that game, but he definitely played in that Miami. But I game. could feel him though. Yeah, you know, no, I understood. And this that, was at home. That was on the road. That was at home. And look, b- prior to his answer of that question, I think I'd asked him, you know, how disappointing it is to to play all season, yeah. and not get a win in in your home stadium. Yeah. You know, and that's the way I framed that question to a lot of the guys in your home stadium, not in front of your home fans, because to be quite honest with you, it hadn't been that way. Fan Appreciation Day or not, it's been in front of the opposing team's fans more times than not. That's yeah. been the majority. And so I think he's looking at it from, you know, kind of like that perspective as well a little bit. But, you know, it, I heard pride. I heard um, energy which was the key word throughout the locker room yesterday. And there was just a feeling of, you know what? We can finally let our hair down and be a little bit more real about this situation. Yeah. Reaction from a lot of the guys yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And it's disappointing, too, even though it was in the team's overall best interest for them to lose. Not for these guys, right? We And we talked to Malik Collins about that as well, about taking pride and wanting to put on good film. And you he know, made that point yeah. to bring that up. That yeah. really wasn't even us. Right, exactly. Inciting a response, yeah. And and it does highlight the difference between maybe a fan base's rooting interest and the like the competing interest of what a fan base is rooting for and what a player and a group of players are actually trying to accomplish. And we know, or at least don't feel like, that those players are trying to accomplish the thing that is the main talking point for us, which is go get the number one overall pick and try your best to fail up as best as you possibly can so you can supplement and essentially replace these guys that we're talking about who aren't good enough. So, And it's disappointing to think that the leaders of the team didn't feel like they were focused or motivated. What were some of the other? It showed enough pride and all that kind of stuff. Or even would take the Jaguars for granted just because as an organization, they've beaten them nine times in a row. Right. But as a team, what you are as a team, forget the Jaguars for a second. Never mind the fact that they were playing well coming into this game. But as a team, the Texans themselves, you don't execute well enough to take North Shore or Katie for granted. Obviously, they beat a high school team. But I'm saying, just from an execution standpoint, you need to be on your P's and Q's no matter Mm -hmm. who you play on the football field, no matter what the level of talent is, because you've been that bad at it for the entire year. Jerry Hughes has been in the league and doing this for 13 years. Okay, He's going to enter season 14 next year. He's coming off a really good year. I I don't know how much football the guy's got left in him. I think he's still got a little juice left in him. It seems like it's something there, yeah. You know, Um, but... When when that message comes from a guy like that, Jerry Hughes particularly, after a game, and that's the message where he alludes to maybe the team taking the opposition for granted. When the message comes from you know one of their leaders defensively, really the team, the guy that gets them going before every single game in Christian Kirksey, when he calls into question the lack of energy and has no explanation for it, and they just came out flatter than a pancake, you know, when 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 the before the game even starts and hearing from those two guys, that's all you kind of really need to hear. Those have been the guys that have had the best pulse, that have had the message, that have created the message 
um, all season long. And been, and been productive on and, the field as well. You've and been productive. Been, uh, arguably and, and, your best defensive lineman right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, talking about Collins and Hughes. Yes. You know, Kirksey, uh, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, about, yeah. You know. I, I would go Collins he's and had Hughes. Moments, Ob- but Oboe recently. Sure. But, yes, yeah, those veterans. Oboe's been probably their best defensive player in recent weeks, you yeah, know, in sure. my mind. Um, it, at least somebody not named Jalen Petrie, who really struggled yesterday, I think, with three or four big uh, missed tackles. So the yeah. yak that he gave up after that approached nearly 100 yards, yeah. including that 62-yard touchdown run by Travis Etienne. He's had a but, boom. He's had a boomer bust rookie year. Is how I would describe that. Yeah, because he's had some really, really good moments. Did you say some boom really, or bust or boom and bust? Because I'd go with the, that, <laughs> the latter. Yes, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yes, boom or and. Yeah, boom and, and or bust or, and or. Yeah. Yes. He's Brandon Scott, Sean Bajani in for Payne and Pendergast at Sports Radio 610. It's a reaction Monday, so let's hear from you. You can call or text the Trailer Wheel and Frame text line seven one three five seven two four six ten. Yesterday should have solidified the future of this staff. If it wasn't already, I'll explain next. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, here's Payne and Pendergast. And for those guys, I'm Sean Bajani. He's Brandon Scott. Good morning, everybody. Appreciate you joining us here on Sports Radio 610 on a Reaction Monday. If you'd like to be a part of the show, we welcome it. 713-572-4610. We want to hear from you. You can call or text the trailer wheel and frame text line 713-572-4610. Hit us up on Twitter as well, at Brandon K. Scott, at Sean Bijani. So yesterday, I think, should have absolutely solidified the future of this staff if it hadn't been already in your mind. And like, Bijani, what are you talking about? These have been like dead men walking for a long time in regards to Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, this entire staff. And I won't disagree with you. I've been right there with you. However, Conversations were actually being had here in recent weeks on these very airwaves by you, by some hosts, you know, talking about considering the fact, playing around with the idea that, hey, as well as this Texans team has been playing over the course of the last few weeks, has Lovey Smith done enough, shown enough to save his job, to warrant consideration for a return? When, again, Last segment, we're 15 minutes removed, B. Scott, from playing audio from the likes of Malik Collins and Jerry Hughes and me telling you firsthand about the reaction that I heard from Christian Kirksey who called into question energy. And when you allude to that you're taking a team for granted when you have no business in taking a team for granted at all, when you hadn't been favored in one single solitary game, not just this season, but maybe all of last season. I can't remember if they were or not B. Scott, and if they were, Vegas is dumb. They absolutely shouldn't have. That's the one time I could actually say that because they've taken a lot of my money and yours over the years. Yeah, maybe Jacksonville. Maybe Jacksonville. Maybe Jacksonville last year. If the Texans would have beat Jacksonville yesterday, there's not a question in my mind that they enter Week 18 as three-point favorites over the uh, Fighting Jeff Saturdays. There's not a question in my mind. Yeah, but instead, instead they don't, and right. I think they're like two point dogs or whatever it is as they opened yesterday. Yeah, as they should. But you know what? Real quick, Sean, on that, 
I was also at, and we're about to talk about Lovey Smith here in the coaching staff, but I can remember at some point last week being concerned about the Texans winning one of these last couple of games. Mm-hmm. And that concern is gone. <laughs> like, obviously, they lost against Jacksonville. So, naturally, that concern is gone. Yeah. But based off of how they played, like, you don't have that same feeling about the Texans after the Kansas City Chiefs game, after the Dallas Cowboys game of, like, hey, you know what? That's a team that huh maybe could. Like, I was listening to, to Wade Smith with Ron the Show Hughley after our show on Friday, and he's like, yeah, I expect the Texans to win based off of how they've played yeah. recent weeks. I'm sure he doesn't feel that way anymore you know, you just based off of me, how they played on Sunday. You just gave me a really reassuring thought because the Indianapolis Colts under Jeff Saturday's watch, like, okay, yeah, look, there have been some bad clock management issues, all of that. I mean, it's been a lot of bad stuff across the board. But you know what? They've had some leads in these games. They got up 33 to nothing on somebody last week. You know, was it last week or two was weeks it, ago? Was it, it was the Vikings. It, no, 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 no. Was it the Vikings? Yeah, because the Vikings oh, yeah, came back. The Vikings, yeah, the Vikings yeah, yeah. came back and erased the, the, <laughs> yeah. the Oilers yeah, from at least the wor- having the worst uh, comeback or uh, blown lead in NFL history. Now, yeah. actually, that was a playoff game. Yeah, did, the Oilers, did, yeah. well, did the city of Houston a solid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, should, yeah. I couldn't remember the opponent. But that's my point. It's like. They've had the propensity to be able to come out and jump on teams early. Like, I feel better about the fact now that Jeff Saturday could get his guys to come out with the proper energy, not take the Texans for granted, and just play with a little piss and vinegar in Week 18 more than I do Lovey Smith getting his guys ready to do the same thing. And that's kind of... Interesting. That's interesting. That's that's kind of where I'm going because I, I mentioned to you yesterday, I felt like in the locker room the mood was... In large, and I'm, I'm speaking in generalities here, but the message in totality, rather, uh, from the team, I felt like it was, you know what? It's our last home game. We can kind of let our hair down a little bit and, and, and kind of peel back the curtain. Here's a little bit more raw emotion. You know, we haven't heard any time last year has been referenced to players in the locker room. It's that's uh, last year. Coaches, eh, that's last year. We're not talking about last year. We're talking about this year. Nick Casario, too. No, Malik Collins just flat out questioned the team's pride or lack thereof and said, this reminds me of last year yep. and how abhorrent, embarrassing, pitiful that was last year under his watch in the first real year of this teardown, not even the rebuilding stages of it. But I, what solidified it for me yesterday was when you're in a position and you're already down big against a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars who came into your house and very well could have slept walked through the game like you did, yeah. for Davis Mills to literally throw a back corner fade to Rex Burkhead to cause Seth Payne to have a conniption next to you and I. We were <laughs> we sandwiched him in the press box where we were sitting. Yes, we did. Yeah. He just lost his, you know what? He lost his mind. Yeah, and I was right there with him. If you don't have the balls, you know, to 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 recognize the situation and be like, you know what? Here's an opportune time to give a dude that I know is going to be a part of this team, or I think could be a part of this team next year, or here's a guy that I need to see something from. You throw it to Rex Burkhead. Yeah. Well, but Sean, even if it's not on an evaluation standpoint, like. Let's just assume, since Dam- especially since Damian Pierce is out for the season and is not playing, let's just assume that the guy that you described does not exist on this team. Let's just assume that there that there is no such guy like that. Mm-hmm. It's still a non-competitive play call. Yeah, like regardless, and, yeah. and, and and maybe there's not a better option, and I, and I would dispute that. I do think that there is a better option than, than that play. I would say 
any play would, sure. be, would be a better option. I mean, how many catches did Chris Moore have yesterday? How many targets did he have yesterday? That's a good question. I'm I'm not sure. You but know, it, it didn't. It did not seem like he was as as involved as he should have been. And then there was even the. I can't remember if he was the intended target, but remember in the second half when Davis Mills has those back-to-back overthrows where he's got a guy wide open. It was Cooks. He overshot by a mile. And the other Lovey one was a Smith tight end, standing maybe? on the sideline couldn't have caught that ball. Yeah. Um, and the other one I think was Jordan Akins. Okay, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a tight end. I couldn't remember which one from the angle that I had, but but yeah, man, Moore it's was like- targeted five times yesterday for three catches and not one red zone. Not one even close because they didn't sniff the red zone very much yesterday, but not even one close to the red zone and not an option at all for Davis Mills, who continuously stares down his targets. Yeah, It's been Rex Burkhead. It was Rex Burkhead on two third and eights in the second half. It was Rex Burkhead on that back corner fade attempt in the first half, um, which wasn't close. And, you know, Chris Moore... Is is that guy for me? You know, he's one of those veteran wide receivers that I'd like to see stick around. You know, to to help bring some younger guys along. You know, John Mechie. You know, here's hoping that you know he he, he beats cancer and is able to come back and uh, live out his dream next year. And who knows the the type of career that he could have? I'm here for that to see John Mechie catch touchdown passes in the NFL after having done so a couple of years ago at Alabama from Bryce Young. I'm yeah. here for that. I need to see that. I need that in my life. And you do, too. You deserve it, Houston. But Pep Hamilton, for everybody, has kind of been solidified as dead man walking for a long time. But I'm talking like total body of work. You know, there was the report that came out, what, a couple nights ago or yesterday before yesterday, the game? Yeah, this one of, it was one of those 6 a.m. reports. I've been holding on to this for the last couple of days, but we drop it on the NFL Sunday type of reports. So yeah. I think you're talking about from NFL Network. Yes. Evaluations, yeah. of course, that's not a shocker, uh, will be made of this staff. Staff changes possible. Um, yeah, you think? And uh, the totality, total body of work will be taken into account when uh, making determinations of this staff. Okay, total body of work, period, done, not good enough. Yeah. If it's a business, which it is, and I'm not a businessman. I'm the first to tell you that. But I'd presume what a good businessman would do in this situation, if you're Nick Casario, if you're Cal McNair, when it comes that time to ask themselves a question, can I do better? Every businessman does that. Yeah. Can I do better at various points throughout the course of a calendar year? Is that person available that I can do better with? When the answer is yes and yes, you tell the incumbent, thanks but no thanks, sorry, we appreciate you, but we're going to go in a different direction. It's just business. The Texans cannot be worried about optics. This is a unique situation where Nick Casario is going to be charged, should be charged with hiring a third coach in three years. And the Texans are going to be firing a third coach in three years. The Texans cannot be worried about optics in that regard. Within the coming weeks, they're going to make a decision on head coach. The past two hires of Cully and Smith, they were the last hires in the league. It can't be the case this time, and I don't think it will be the case this time. They'll either shock everybody and retain Lovey, or they're going to, you know, make a big splash. And it could almost be anybody, but they are probably, and they should be one of the first teams to hire their head coach and fill out a staff in the league this year, which for the last two years had been the very last. And it's not about being first, it's about being right. But I think those guys are right underneath their noses, and it's about making the determination who the very best fit is. And that should give us a really good indication, B. Scott, of who they're looking at, you know, come April 27th. Yeah, and I would agree with your point about optics 
and them not necessarily needing to worry about optics. But I wouldn't say because they're not important. I would just say because the optics are are already shot to hell anyway. Yes. Like the, the you couldn't op- do worse. No. Yeah. The optics at this point, if you were going to be worried about it or if it was something for you to be concerned about, you've already sort of ruined that. Like mm-hmm. they're going to. Critics of the Texans are going to continue to be critics until they give them a reason to be otherwise, to feel otherwise. Even if they hire a coach, I feel like that people like it's still going to come with the side eye of like, like, think about this. Just insert a name of whoever you like as your favorite candidate, your personal favorite candidate for next Texans head coach. They hire that guy. The Texans hire that guy. Mm-hmm. I'd bet you that the response from a lot of people is going to be, oh, poor guy. <laughs> sure. Like like the guy who takes that job. Well, he, even with the number one overall pick, even with all the resources that the Texans have, even with all of the reasons for hope and optimism within the organization, because of all of the calamity over the last few years, because of the optics of the last couple of years, yeah, whatever hire they make, whatever decisions that they make is going to be met with some level of earned and rightful skepticism. So they might as well just go with it anyway. That That's what makes me wonder, Sean, how much due diligence they've been doing behind the scenes. And I'm sure they have been. But leading up to this moment, as we're talking about Lovey Smith and, and the current coaching staff sort of solidifying itself mm-hmm. as not being the staff of the future, which I think we already knew, maybe even when they got hired. Perhaps we knew deep down. I was right there. Yeah. That's, per, per, that's where I'm per, coming per, from. Perhaps deep down we've known this from the very beginning. But. I just think that it's just super important that they've been doing their due diligence all along on who that what that next coaching staff is going to look like because we did get a text that I thought was from from the two eight one that I actually thought was pretty good. The only reason to fire Lovey and his entire staff is because we can hire a coach who can compete with Doug Peterson. Otherwise, we are churning through coaches and imperiling our good GM. Now, I don't necessarily agree with every point there. I don't think I, it's I, just Doug Peterson. I yeah, think it's it, Mike right. Vrabel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, don't forget about him. Or or, or Andy Reid or Sean McDermott. Like the the goal eventually sure. is to get even past that, you yes, know, yes. or whatever the Colts are going to end up doing. Like you're trying to compete with this entire AFC outfit that is littered with great quarterbacks and really good to great coaches, and you have neither. So like you've got a lot of work to do to get from what I always call from here, which is hell, to there, which is relevance. Yeah. You know, so uh, I I just think that regardless of you know how you feel about it, you know, should should Lovey Smith have ever been hired? Has this coaching process been bungled from the very beginning? Like this is an opportunity to right the wrong, to take that drastic step. One that we talked about last week about. Teams that have made like significant one-year turnarounds, you could do that with the right head coach hire 100%. and p- pairing it with the number one overall pick, who I will again say, go get Bryce. Yeah, and I don't think it's me fully trusting Nick Casario yeah, to, yeah, to, that, to that any too. degree. That, that's another thing that I would disagree with on the, not that Nick Casario's a bad GM, but I certainly don't think that he's done enough yet no. to be classified as a good GM. You can like him all you want. But good GM, he has not proven himself to be just yet. You're right. And, and and what I'm saying is it's not that I'm fully trusting Nick Casario, but and I might this might come across as such, and maybe I am. Maybe, maybe I'm giving him a little bit too much credit, but to your point that you bring up, I agree with that 
you kind of made this Lovey Smith hire because that was right there underneath your nose. It was kind of an easy decision. He was already in house with familiar, you know, with the staff in large part, you know, the building, things like that. Casario, maybe there was a relationship there, a workable relationship. And certainly somebody that knew, you know, the talent that did currently exist um, defensively. Um, and, and so you make that hire under the impression that this is going to be a really rough year. But this guy's much more equipped to handle it than David Cully was. As unfortunately, you spent way too much money and years on from a contract standpoint and finding out over the course of 18 plus weeks last season. It was a poor decision, an uncalled for one. And maybe it was a job in which Lovey Smith flat out didn't want at that point in time. Maybe he saw, hey, you know what? The, the picking's right here. I can kind of get in and really turn some things around under false pretenses, maybe unbeknownst to him. Um, and he was dead man walking without even knowing it entering this season. I don't know. There are so many things, so many questions that we won't have the answers to. But I'm kind of operating under the sense that, you know what, this is in large part what happened this season. Maybe it didn't look that way. You just said something very important to me during the break. You know, you, you kind of you wanted the outcome in terms of solidifying that number one overall pick. You yeah. wanted them to lose. You just didn't want it to look like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, like you, you want them to lose, not because you actually want them to lose. You want them to lose so that they can win. Like yes, you're losing, yes. you're losing the game. And this is the force for the trees argument. Like people are like, wow, well, could you root for them to lose? Well, I want them to lose the game. I want them to win the number one overall pick. So we don't have this pitiful ass football team to watch again next year. Like I, I'm actually rooting them, rooting for them to win because Losing is winning in this case. Like, you've got to be able to see beyond that. Like, you want them, and so in that case, you want them to lose, but wheel routes to Rex Burkhead in the red zone, <laughs> you know, uh, Rex Burkhead plays on fourth down, or right. like any, that's not what you want it to look like. <laughs> Anything involving Rex Burkhead. No, that's not what you're here for. Yeah. And that was the impression that I was under, too, four weeks ago when they brought Davis Mills back into a starting line and into, as the starting quarterback, and it's like, okay, like, we kind of get it. You know, we can see the forest through the trees mm-hmm. here, but you as coaches and players, you're still trying to win these games. You're still trying and charged right, exactly. with the responsibility of developing. Exactly. You know, how how is Davis Mills, it's, it was just a microcosm of the way that you treated him with kid gloves all season long. How are you putting him in the best situation to be successful by trotting Jeff Driscoll out there and taking valuable red zone opportunities away from a young quarterback, you know, who's not even played a full two seasons in this league? You know what I'm saying? Like, give the guy a chance. He might not be long for the job here, but at the same time, like, you're screwing this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the way that I was looking at it initially when they brought him back, and that's kind of the way that I look at it right now. It's like, dude, you're dialing up this horse crap call to Rex Burkhead's back shoulder fade in the end zone. It's like, what situation are you putting this guy in? Like, Chad Beebe somewhere, you know, Texans training camp legend was, like, rolling over, just mind-blown, dying. You know, like, if you were going to throw a back of the corner you know, shoulder uh, fade to the in the end zone to a short white guy... Chad Beebe's your dude, yeah. not Rex Burkhead. Yeah, where, where's where's Drew Estrada when you need him? <laughs> where's the, Drew Estrada? The, 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 the Baylor kid, the undrafted Baylor kid that they had out there. Give me Johnny Johnson the yeah. third. Like, you know, somebody. Where's Jalen Camp? <laughs> where's my guy? God, dog it, I can't remember the 
Where, where's Davion? I was trying to think about Sam Houston State guy who was on the practice squad. He might be injured. I'm know. not sure. I was watching <laughs> Philip Dorsett and Brandon Cook's reaction. They just they were in my line of sight. Like everybody was just like hands up in the air and just like. Yeah, like what is head that? down on that play is like, come on, bro. Yeah, what it, are we doing? And, and for me, it's it's not as much about even putting Davis Mills in a bad spot because I think Davis Mills is only but so much. But they put themselves in a bad spot. We're under yeah. we're under the pretense that they're not trying to lose these games. And so, if you're not trying to lose these games, why are you throwing the ball to to Rex Burkhead on a wheel route in the end zone or putting them out there on fourth down? I don't. He's Brandon Scott, Sean Bajani. We're in for Payne and Pendergast. Appreciate you joining us. We're going to roll into hour number two. And coming up next, I'll give you three things the Texans absolutely need more than ever before. That's next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.